The 2024 Republican presidential primary field is taking shape. The battle lines are becoming clearer, and so is the field of candidates. Is the odds on favorites, if you look at the polling, still Trump versus Biden? That seems to be it, but it's just way too early to tell. I'm more angry now, and I'm more committed now than I ever was. Big challenge for these candidates is going to be how do they navigate Donald Trump? And, and how do they navigate Ron DeSantis? You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. What a week, fellas. Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. We have already done at least two weeks worth of work here, and now we have a new studio. That's right. We're in the new studio on our 300th episode. I can't believe it. We've done this 300 times now. 300 times, and I haven't killed you yet. (laughs) You know what? For 300 episodes, I'd say it's come a long way. (laughs) It sure has. Lots of content. 300 episodes... For this to turn from like having a couple Yeti mics to having a studio, I will say it's been an I, amazing journey. I will say this: it was getting a little catty here for a bit. <laughs> we were setting up all of our things, and we're creatures of habit, and we've done two hundred ninety-nine yeah. differently. Yeah, and so we've we've settled into our places. I I initially uh, set up my spot today. Yeah, and then I came into the studio to record, and you had taken my spot well yeah you know it's the center chair that's where you want the star <laughs> well and, and, and <laughs> <laughs> this is 100 like when, we're, when we were doing the rg event this past uh couple days in austin we kept bringing up it's going to become like the behind the music moment where everything starts going wrong <laughs> yeah i'm the star yeah and then he started drinking yeah, that, <laughs> that's when the drugs and prostitutes started yeah yeah that's the problem with setting up for video because like you said we're creatures of habit but we're used to just coming in here on a conference table yeah cracking a few beers and like putting some stuff you know on on the board you gotta look presentable and now i mean we leave for austin uh had a great time by the way thank you again for governor reynolds for inviting us and we come back, and the wolf has set up basically a, like a college game day set up here. Yeah. So everybody's sort of figuring it out. <laughs> We're figuring it's, it it's out. It's the wolf's den now. Yeah. That's what it is. It's the wolf's den. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wolf's den now. <laughs> oh, man. I just love it. You made mention of the fact that we were in Austin, Texas for the Republican Governors Association. Uh, great trip. Great trip. I mean, Governor Reynolds, she's terrific. She's always terrific. But she's really running a first-class organization. And they got, you know, look, they got three major races that, in my view, probably foreshadow a lot of what's to come in 2024. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the off-cycle stuff. And we saw this in the beginning of the Obama administration. Yeah. Remember, with New Jersey and Virginia yeah. uh, in 2009. I mean, it is, like you said, it's real, it's a real uh, you know forecast of what the next you know, presidential year might do or the next midterm might do. And so, uh, I mean, just seeing everybody there and the energy in the room, it was fantastic. We had an absolute ball. You know, my only complaint was... Yeah, see, I knew you'd find something. Well, I got a lot of complaints, and I plan on getting into all of them. <laughs> uh, the, I mean, the libs have really turned Austin into a shithole. Dude, I mean, wow. I was not prepared for the amount of homelessness. Yeah. I mean, it's really sad to see. It's you know? terrible. Because, uh, I mean, you see so many folks there who are clearly on drugs, and, and massive mental health issues. Yeah, and if they're not if they're not roaming around on drugs, they're passed out on the sidewalk yeah. on drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a real shame. Real yeah, shame. While, I mean, while you're seeing like families coming out of restaurants and stuff, it's it's a real tragedy. It's uh, and and you're seeing this across 
most major cities in this country. Well, in particular, some of these liberal enclaves. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded. You remember that show, Portlandia? Do you remember that show? Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was sort of this like funky, offbeat show about like this liberal haven, you know, Portland, Oregon, right? And I kind of put Austin into that same bucket, right? Mm-hmm. Where like 10, 15 years ago, it was like, we're funky, we're cool, we're a liberal <laughs> it, city. It, I remember it was like, keep Austin weird. Yeah, keep Austin weird, you know? Um, and the dream's alive in Portland, right? Like, mm-hmm. we bike to work, and like, we care about the environment, and like, our city's unlivable, and <laughs> people on fentanyl will try to beat you up in the street, you know? I mean, like, that's what it is. It's sort of like, you remember when LBJ had like the Great Society and everyone mm-hmm. was like, "Here's the future," you know, of, of of social services in this country, and then became a nightmare. Yeah, uh, I think that's what we're seeing now again in America. You look at a place like Portland or Austin, you're seeing what happens. What this is what happens when you have a decade of liberal failure. In and, a city. And, and like we were we were talking, Duncan, uh, you'd lived there for a few years. Yeah, I used to visit pretty frequently. I'd say maybe like ten years ago. Night and day difference. Night and day difference. I just thought you were a shitty tour guide, frankly. No. Because <laughs> we went, I mean, we went to like two or three places and I was like, my God. No, I mean, look, we could have went to nicer places, but like Smug in particular <laughs> oh, here we go. is like, he can't do the thing that like everybody knows you no, should No, he took do. us to a history museum. <laughs> okay. We, we went to the Driscoll, which is a very nice hotel. World class hotel. It's filled with history. It's a great place to get a cocktail. You got overstuffed leather chairs. I love it. Yeah. That's my kind of place. But it's 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 not open at noon, though. If you're if you're coming around, I'm starting to wonder if the problem is with the establishment that like we visit, or if it's that like we just want a place to start drinking at 10 a.m. Well, (laughs) Ashbrook Ashbrook wanted to go up to West Campus. I thought he was going to stop by the registrar's office and sign up for summer (laughs) school. All I'm saying because he's like, where are the college kids? We're going to get drunk. (laughs) It's like school's out. I I didn't I didn't say any of that. School's out. Oh, I didn't say I didn't say any of that. I just didn't want to sit in the antiques roadshow all day. For crying out loud, <laughs> Smug was walking us past literal antiques, pictures of people with their hand in their shirt. Like yeah. you know, he did have some good banter auctioning off of the the pieces that we were surrounded by. I, I, what can I say? I love very old antique places that have tufted leather sofas to drink bourbon in. I'm a simple man. That's yeah. what I like. So, so simple. I've got another bone to pick. Sorry, we're just going to get. <laughs> well, let's just grieve it. Nope. It's a day of grievance. I feel yeah. like everything since we've sat down here, we've we Ashbrook took about twenty five minutes adjusting his arm for his yeah. microphone. Well, it's the three hundredth episode, and so this is the airing of grievance. I, did, I, did, I, I don't. I don't do change well. So, uh, like Smug uh, alluded to, my, my wife's from Austin mm-hmm. uh, originally, and so I had sort of worked out a fantastic setup. You know, my my one year old turned one um, uh, on the thirteenth, like right before Mother's Day. My mother in law flew up from Austin uh, and came up came up to DC, and uh, then flew back with my uh, my kids and my wife to Austin, knowing that we were coming down there for this event. Mm-hmm. Right, so I had like a great great week to myself, got kind of reset the old house and everything. You lo- I, I loved it for a few days, and it felt like I was living in a mausoleum, <laughs> but. Um, I had a great time. The problem was that bill came due. It did. It came due in Austin. It came due, uh, and I could see it coming. We we had we had an absolutely fantastic time. And <laughs> for the listeners, I just I just gotta I gotta get this off my chest. The thing that really bothered. Oh, me, you're gonna. I know what you're doing. The thing that really bothered me is I felt like my friends really enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> they really enjoyed goofing on me. Because <laughs> we get back to the airport. And these slapdicks, you know, uh, you know, they're just breezing through security and posting up at the bar, and I'm like taking apart, 
um, you know, a stroller. The flying machine, I call it. Yeah. It's the old school, if you're, if you're a, a history buff and you yeah. see early flight. Like yeah. pre, it's like it's like Da Vinci's yeah. like plane. Yeah, yeah, like pre Wright Brothers stuff. Yeah. Where they have like the clapper thing on oh, yeah. top that where the, the buggy is jumping around. That's <laughs> that's basically what Duncan has going for child care. Yeah, yeah. And so I get I finally get through security, like worn down, beaten down and and sweating. And um, you know, I got my kids back in the stroller and you know, my wife and I, we all get to the gate. As we're sort of passing through <laughs> the 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 terminal, uh, I see John Ashbrook at the bar, and all you guys yeah. are at the bar, and he's sort of waving me down. He's waving me down like, hey, here we are, as if I'm going to pull the stroller over to the side <laughs> and say, hey, honey, you want to like, uh, you want to saddle up and have a, have a cocktail? Which, of course, she doesn't want to do. She like, wants to get to the gate and like get settled down with the sorry, kids. Sorry for inviting so, you. Okay, so, so we do that, right? We go buy them, and we get to the gate, and we set, sit down with the kids and everything, and then I'm like, oh, my God, lifeline. You know, I borrowed my wife's iPhone charger because, of course, my friend John Ashbrook had also borrowed mine. <laughs> my phone was dying. My phone was dying. Typical Ashbrook. And I had the battery power left to, to throw up one emergency flare. Just one flare. And I texted my friend John Ashbrook and I said, get me the strongest drink possible. <laughs> Back at the bar where you had waved me down. Now, I, I ha- I'll have it be known. I was with... Ashbrook at the time, smug you were too. Yeah, I, I wasn't aware of any of this. No, were no. you aware of any? Of Not at all. Well, I didn't want to bother all my friends. I merely sent a text to the one person who had flagged me down and said I wanted a. I'll a take cocktail. you up on on what seemed to be an offer. An offer sure. uh, for, for for fraternity for some brotherhood. Okay. Uh, I then had to plug my phone, which of course was dying. Uh, you know, in some random <laughs> outlet by the by the thing, and then I tell my wife, "Hey, hey, honey, would you like a water?" You know, which I think is going to buy me about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 10 minutes tops. <laughs> right. Maybe 10 minutes tops. And so she's like, yeah, sure. And so then I speed walk back to the bar where you guys are sitting. Lo and behold. I saw you coming in hot. I came in very hot. Yeah. And I just wanted I just wanted one with the fellas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which you'd ordered uh, some five, 10 minutes. So in other, in other words, you accepted the invitation. Yeah. And then I showed up, and there was no drink to be had. No <laughs> oh, one, I'm sorry. You, you didn't, didn't have, get me a drink. You didn't have anything to drink? Didn't get me one. Y- you remember what mm-hmm. I did? Yeah. I, I handed like Duncan a friend, my drink. Like a friend. Like a friend. Do you remember? You offered your tequila and soda? Do you, right rem- to you. you remember what I did? Yeah, you gave me the backwash of the last, <laughs> of your, last of your beer. Get out of here, dude. <laughs> I mean, for crying, we spent the fir- we spent five minutes before you walked up talking about how, you know, we can't give Duncan a hard time. Holmes, I will give him credit. He was like... Listen, guys. I think we should just like lighten up. We 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 cannot give him a hard time. He's got a lot going on. I, I just and I, and wore you know, those shoes. I know what you're going. You saw, and, and you, you know what I said. I saw the defeat. You, you know what I said. I said you're right. I said we need to support our friend. And in then this you moment. didn't get me a drink. <laughs> I gave you my own drink. I gave you the shirt off my back. What more can I give? He, he, the he, thing I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> I was unbelievable. You asked for a, you asked for a drink, and I gave you mine. <laughs> There's there's no better display of brotherhood. Greater love has no brother than this than one gave half a beer for his friend. <laughs> oh my god, this is so good. That's something. Well, I did see. I mean, look, you came in with a head of steam, uh, and you were hot. I mean, you looked at the table and saw no drink. I just wanted one to take the edge off before I was going to have one of the worst and flights possible. And you looked. You at know Smash. how this is because also this is another thing related, right? Um, you know, we travel a lot. Yeah. 
you get some seats in first class. Yeah, because you get you get points and you do that kind and, of thing. And 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 that's that's a real treat for yourself. Sure. And I was going to have that next to my friend John Ashbrook uh, on this return flight. Looking but I, forward. But to I was returning with my family and lovely I, family. I, I saw a I saw a story <laughs> I saw a story on Twitter the other day about a, a husband who sits in first class and lets his family riding coach, which I think is you would never do that. That's a divorceable thing, that's right? Abhorrent. So so I what? wanted that drink. Let's I want to turn to this. <laughs> Smug comment for okay. crying out loud. Let him finish, but and my, then we are going to have a my, debate. My point is, I had that seat, and then I also booked seats for my family with me in coach, because obviously I can't do that, right? You we can't. have two, we have would, two kids. I'm not going to put my wife in a row with the two kids below. So I'm sitting... Although, although I will say, I think you had your kids in the back with your mother-in-law when you went to Hawaii. We did. Correct. So... But... But we... Wait, but, what? But... But... But our our our, that in, was just, our just infant that one our time. infant our infant was with Katie uh, on her oh on her it, chest. It, with her yes okay yeah. but it was just so that. she was just watching Joey. just with Joey yeah that's different yeah but what which kid did you have none Oof. <laughs> Ash which 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 <laughs> <laughs> I mean which, shots whoa shots fire I'm sitting Hold here on. I'm getting I'm getting eviscerated yes simply because you I should. gave half my beer to my friend because I didn't see my text in time hold on to be able to buy you the strong excuse drink excuse me excuse oh, me oh no he's got receipts now I'm gonna pull up the receipts oh no he's saying I didn't see my text in time it's, I didn't so now we're gonna pull up the I receipts. didn't I opened it up hold on. I looked up and hold you on. were there no hold on here's the text I'm just pulling up the, the receipts here right now it says red on there right <clears throat> like you can tell hold on I said can you order me, and let me show you, can you order me something very strong? You replied to it. He's <laughs> pushing his hand. Of course. You walking over here, here? It's like, I want... Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, no. I'm, dr- I'm, dr- I'm drowning. I'm drowning. Can you can you throw me a life preserver? And he's like, right now? Can we see the timestamps wow. on those? Let's talk about the timestamps, please. Well, uh, oh, you're saying you didn't see it in time. You yeah. replied to it. I did. Okay, let's talk about the timestamps. Okay, uh, 5.03. That's when you texted. You texted me back 5.10. Okay, and you walked up at 5.11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. So, so what do you expect so me to good. hail the the airport I, bartender I, and I have him perform? I, ex- magic? I expect my friend who sees that text of desperation and doesn't have to reply. They just order the drink. That's what I expect. I'll, I'll tell you. What, I didn't have if, time, so all I could do was give you the one I had. If we're ever in that situation. And I see a text from you that says, "Get me the strongest drink." I'm jumping the bar and grabbing a couple bottles. That you is very that's generous. generous. You don't that's believe it. You don't generous. believe it. TSA can catch me, but you know, for my friends, it's anything. That's it. It's very generous. Don't believe a word this guy's <laughs> saying. He's sitting here wearing a French jacket for crying out loud. He does. Uh, for for the audio listeners, he's wearing a, a PSG jacket like this guy's Mbappe over here. <laughs> It's absolutely incredible. It's like a jump man, um, you know, like a warm up track tracksuit. Yeah. I love that everybody is just totally running over Everyone's everyone. This new studio sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Lee. <laughs> okay, enough, enough, I know. I know. I had to get. I had to get off my chest because I had three hours and ten minutes on the flight to think about it. Well, old man, uh, I think we should transition by you should talk about what you're doing to have the merch store up and running. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I can go just back in on everybody. 
Um, so on the Tuesday episode, everyone made fun of me about the fact that we have a subdomain called store.ruthlesspodcast.com. And Wait. you thought that was very uh, <laughs> funny because seems it's a bad. That's a bad. Normal. That's a bad domain, right? Remember See, no, this? it seems normal to me. It's called a subdomain. It's called a subdomain. <laughs> it is. See, let's talk about who's really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah Ashbrook's on my side now. Yep. Oh, he's not Jesus. I think, in particular, Holmes um, was sort of making fun of me, trying to push my buttons. <laughs> So I did a little fact check on this, and I went into the analytics on the store. And thank you, everybody who went to the store and bought something. We really, really appreciate it. Like your I, presidential line, for example, Smug yeah. is uh, selling. Uh, that's what. That's what I understand. And like we've had a couple. On, on on the ruthless store that have been hot sellers. Yeah, like that hat. I didn't even have a, a chance to. Dude, get Dude, I couldn't hat. get that. So so everyone bought that hat up in like the first hour. Everybody bought after the, our episode. Everybody bought the hat. I, could, I couldn't get it either. We we appreciate it because like all this shit that we've put in this studio now, it all costs a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sort of gambling on this whole thing being a success. Uh, so, we are deeply in the red at the ruthless variety program. So yeah, you know, if you haven't yet, go to store.ruthlesspodcast.com. <laughs> so my family and Michael's family. Most importantly, can yes, eat. Can eat. Yeah. And, and maybe I'll put them all in first class so this never happens again. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I went up to the I went up to the analytics and I, I, I dove into the analytics on the back end and you guys were making fun of the store podcast. So I, 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 I was I certainly was not making fun. Well, this is the I think the most critical part of the analytics here that I'd like to read out to you. Um we have it in the navigation on the ruthlesspodcast.com. Yes. Right? Right. As a, website, As a website, usually usually does. Yes. Yeah, they have like the things that. But the are number on one site on the website. Uh huh. Yeah, I got it. Okay, I'm just I, you know, you're the internet guy. I'm just yeah. clarifying that. Well, what I want to point that. out is that you seemed to think that subdomain was confusing. Store.ruthlesspodcast.com. It's the number one referrer of sales on the store. Well, wow. it, was be- it was because of the emphasis, the it was, emphasis that you used. It's because everybody believes in the old man. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I know I do. So the number one the number one place was a direct link from store.ruthlesspodcast.com. I'm okay. looking at your screen. I can verify that. Yeah, it's look. Accurate. Oh, Ashbrook's that's uh, look. Look at him. And, yeah. and, and here's the he thing. doesn't even get his buddy a drink. So like, would you like the rest of this one too, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> um, For our audio listeners, he has offered him uh, his bourbon. And I will yeah. say that we are working on like restocking everything that's getting sold out. We super appreciate everyone hitting up store.ruthlesspodcast.com because like the hot ticket items went fast, fast, fast. fast. So, so there was that great hat you were re- referring yeah. to earlier the, the ruthless uh with the rope yeah um also top sellers i went analytic uh, into the analytics a little bit more listen to this the the ruthless um american flag hat oh yeah, yeah big one cool. and and the koozies those were the top yeah. three yeah. yeah people just love that well yeah. i mean they're all great stuff yeah really good stuff yeah. and old man i'd like to thank you for your efforts i i can't take the credit drew on the team put a lot of work into that smug with his wonderful uh <laughs> line uh for his for his presidential campaign um you know, I can't take credit for it. Okay. All right. So, listen. As you're listening to this, uh, last evening, uh, Ron DeSantis announced that he's running for president. Uh, now, we're not going to have full commentary on that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to reserve in abeyance some of that for next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we do a breakdown like we did with the Trump Town Hall. We got a lot of good feedback. Like Duncan's breakdown of that. So. Yeah, maybe we should do something like maybe that. Maybe we'll do something like that. Okay, all right. Well, we'll think about it. But I think, look, I'm just trying to map out where we're going here because, mm-hmm. like, the first 20 minutes was off the rails. <laughs> we're in a new studio. Everybody's lost their minds. Yeah. 
So maybe we should let's you know what I'll stop. Let's read five stars. Yeah. Okay. We'll okay. get back to something familiar, fellas. Yeah. Okay. Feel good about that? Yeah. Voice, can you handle that? Okay, I'll do this first one. <laughs> this is from Nancy D four ninety nine, and it's titled "It's Them or Us." Nancy D writes, "Love your show. Listen to every single one. The animal segments crack me up." I live in Texas, and squirrels have destroyed the pillows around our pool, Ugh. lived in our walls, and come down our chimney. The squirrels lived in the walls? What a menace. Oy. Now my husband has moved the bird feeder to where he can shoot them out of the laundry room window. <laughs> that is genius. <laughs> Score five to zero. And I genius. Guess he's a dead eye. <laughs> They're not big, squirrels. Well, they can be. I mean, I guess a gray can. squirrel. I mean, you can be fat. Yeah, but they move quickly. They you do move quickly. You have to be good at that. No question. She says it's them or us. And knock three times is my favorite bit ever. Genius. Thank you, Nancy D. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. You know, uh, when I was a kid, uh, my best friend growing up, this guy Hans, we had a uh, like a high-powered BB rifle. Yeah. Nice. Right? And... We would open up the window in the middle of winter. I mean, it's like 10 degrees in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. But we would open up the window in his living room. And Wait, like, was this one of those Daisy Powerline baby guns? Because that's the one I had. Was it like with the CO2 cartridges or was it a pump? I, I had a pump, Daisy Powerline. No, we had a pump, but this was a different. This yeah. must have been like a CO2 or yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah, those those will do it. Are, <laughs> you, <laughs> are we talking round BBs or are we talking the no, tip the ones? Shell. Hell yeah. Oh, the shell. Yeah. Now we're yeah, talking. Tip pellets will do yes. it. Yeah, yes. the pellets. Yes. Yes. Which you kind of loaded in manually, oh, right? yeah. like bolt action style. Yeah. And we were like Lee Harveying out the window. So one day. Oh, I love where our show is off the rails. <laughs> so one day, I mean, we're home after school, and you know, we're taking turns shooting birds, basically, yeah. out right. the window. You right. do. And uh, I popped this little sparrow from like I don't know. It was a ways out. It was a nice shot. Good. It was a nice shot. Hammer this thing, it falls down. All of a sudden, they hear this like clomping down the stairs is fast. Like, like it sounded like the house was about to cave in. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, what's that? Hans's dad comes in like a full sprint into the room that we're in. And he's like, you're shooting songbirds? <laughs> <laughs> Who shoots songbirds? This is Hans. <laughs> Be like, sir, sir, the song gave away their position. <laughs> I like handed the rifle over to Hans. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody was, maybe, but wasn't me, that's for sure. Oh, God. That's anyway, great. That reminded me of that. Uh, Smug, you want this second one? Absolutely. This is from KMO for Macros. It says Smug 2024. He has my vote. However, I'm going to need for him to continue to use Kerfluffle and pound the Trump Carol Cat soundboard more often to earn it. I like Let's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 cat was named Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> that I mean, that clip has gotten more reaction than almost anything we've done on this <laughs> <the> variety program. <laughs> uh, Michael, what do you got? Uh, this is from Mirror85. Obsessed from Georgia. Uh, I grew up during the 90s, and some of my earliest and fondest memories are of my mom blaring El Rushbo. Yes. From 9 to noon, 
while doing morning chores and baking. Despite being politically minded, I haven't been able to listen to political podcasts much in my adulthood. I, I agree with you there. It's, it's slim pickings. Um, as I find most too depressing. That is, until I discovered the beautiful Megan Kelly and through her, the Ruthless Podcast. Ah, nice. The pace and humor of the show harken back to a time when I knew the intimate details of the Clinton scandals at the age of six. <laughs> and I find myself becoming more informed while chuckling constantly. Unlike my mother, I listen with headphones while going about my morning chores, but absolutely will introduce my many kids and future conservative voters in the confused state of Georgia to the Ruthless Podcast when it seems appropriate to do so keep up the good work fellas <laughs> i feel like Man, i feel good. like that's a subjective line yeah the appropriateness yeah. <laughs> of of the ruthless variety program well yeah you got to determine how mature your child is it's sort of like an r-rated movie you know yeah when are they gonna be able to go in and see one yeah there's my, gonna be some questions yeah yeah there's gonna be <laughs> why, like why do they keep talking about cat vaginas yeah. <laughs> why are those two people wrestling yeah <laughs> <laughs> I get exactly it. i get it all right, so this is, we were remiss if we didn't make mention of the fact that it seems like it's presidential announcement week. That's right. We've had yeah. two so far, to our knowledge. Yeah, right. So Ronnie D, uh, as we mentioned, today, and then Tim Scott at the beginning of the week. And we had uh, taped our previous show before the Tim Scott announcement, mm -hmm. uh, of which I think was a, a success. I mean, mm -hmm. if you look at the amount of coverage that he got, mm -hmm. uh, the rally that he held, and most importantly, in my opinion, was that video, the announcement mm -hmm. video that he put together. Like, from a message perspective, boy, that seemed to hit a lot of notes. Yeah. And and I think it just, uh, from the feedback I was seeing online, um, I've even seen some, like, early polling. I think it was Politico who put it out there. I think the number one takeaway from folks was, like, optimism, mm -hmm. which is an incredibly strong message right now. America's facing really tough times. New leadership with it, you know, brings optimism, and I think capitalizing on that is a great message for Tim Scott to use. Well, this is this is so far my favorite week in presidential politics because we will have maybe three if Chris Christie follows through and announces uh, oh, yeah. this week as well. But I mean, it reminds me of the beginning of an of NFL season, and one of my favorite things mm -hmm. to do at the beginning of every NFL season is re-listen to the John Fascienda. Uh, NFL Films video. Do oh, you guys remember so this? The great. power and the glory. Professional yes. football in America is a good, you know, like, like this is the part of presidential politics I love because you have somebody who has put a lot of, in Tim Scott, who's put a lot of thought into a rollout mm -hmm. and is executed very well. Yeah. You have somebody like Ron DeSantis who has built up everything to this moment and both of those guys are gunning for Donald Trump. Well, it's, Chris I mean, it, it, in the case of DeSantis, it's seven, almost eight months in the making, right? I mean, I think everybody anticipated after he won in in 2022 by historic margins that that was just a fait accompli, that mm -hmm. he was going to actually announce at some point. And now we are seven, almost eight months later, here it is. So you're right, a ton of thought has gone into it. The messaging is incredibly important how you kick this thing off defines where your wedge is mm -hmm. right where you're actually making your case because believe it or not i mean other than look this primary may actually have some differences in policy but more often than not there's not a ton of differences in what conservatives are going to do from a policy standpoint between each other mm -hmm. so it's all about style execution who you believe can do the job but what you're emphasizing in a rollout, mm -hmm. tremendously important to framing your entire campaign. And also along those lines, I think again, I think it was Politico who put this uh, 
pull out, and they were only polling primary voting Republicans, right? And they one of the questions that stuck out to me they asked is, which candidate are you interested in learning more about? Hmm. And number one was Tim Scott. Yeah, I can totally believe that because Tim, unlike Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or even Nikki Haley, is somebody who has not been the sort of show horse. No, he hasn't sought the spotlight. This is a guy who has done the work. He's been a Mm -hmm. senator. He's been a successful senator. He's delved into policy. He's certainly not the guy that's on Fox primetime every night. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of putting in the work. And now this is the elevation of his profile. My sense is if you had a look at that video and had to listen to what he had to say in his announcement, you're going to want to know more. And and also I want to say this is Pre-COVID, this is right before uh, COVID shows up, mm-hmm. I was at the Trump rally in Charleston, and I'm backstage, and Tim Scott walks in, shakes hands, and talks with every single person. Yeah, he's one of the nicest guys. Every single person. Very, very, very down to earth. What a hilarious humble brag, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, just at the Trump rally backstage. No, well, I mean. Hamming it up with uh, my pals. Uh, no, I, 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 I always appreciated the kindness of the Trump And campaign. then a senator walked up to me <laughs> to and introduced himself well, to that's me. Well, that's the thing is he walked up to every single person there. Yeah, every I, I single I ab- person there. I absolutely believe that because I've experienced it myself. The he guy. is a gentleman's yeah. gentleman. Mm-hmm. I mean, my only hesitation with that, and this is going to not be. Yeah, I mean, this isn't going to be surprised well, to anybody. Well, cynical side, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the old man being the old man is like, is it going to strike the right note with the primary electorate, especially post-COVID, where mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, so many of our voters feel like... Um, their country's being ripped away their from Their country's them. being ripped away, that they were lied to, mm-hmm. that, you know, it seems like every single week we get a new thing from you know, like the Durham report or whatever, where it seems like there's so many forces in our politics that are lined up against us. And you've got these woke corporations uh, who are, that are just doing insane things um, that, you know, I mean, I, I I question whether, you know, the primary electorate's going to look to a guy like Tim Scott as great as he is with a positive message that is as resonant as it is. Are we more angry that Tim Scott is angry? Because he's not. And that's he's been forthright. You know, and and go back and listen to the interview we did with him on the on the show a couple of months ago, because I actually asked him this question is like, you know, does your optimism and your message, do you think it can resonate with those people? And he thinks that it can. But I, I, that is the one thing I think we need to see if it's well, proven Well, I think out. that's a very good point, Michael. And the thing I was talking to my buddy about who was, again, asking more about they didn't know who Tim Scott was. Mm-hmm. Like, is this guy going to be a serious contender? Kind of like his message. And w- what I was saying is that message that he's working on, the sunshine mm-hmm. sort of warrior deal, um, hasn't been tried in a long time. Yeah. It really hasn't been. Was- I mean, as, as, as you look at previous presidential campaigns, certainly nobody in 2016 had that. And then in 2012, you can make your arguments, but it didn't seem to me it was all sort of Tea Party spending debt, pissed off at Obama. You, you know who, who the last major campaign I can think of to me felt like super optimism and like our best days are ahead was Yunkin. Like every message and, and every time I, I'd see him on stage and at his rallies, his message was kind of like things are about to get better. You know, parents especially. He was like. Things are going to get better. We're yeah. going to help you out. And it's this a great general what, election message. And, and this is yes. this is actually why I think I, it, that he's an intriguing candidate for a primary. It's because there's a contrast. It's because mm-hmm. you have some candidates who are basically trying to do their own version of Donald Trump 
and you have Tim Scott who's doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and that kind of contrast stands out in a field where if you know there it's Donald Trump and there's everybody else who's trying to keep up yeah, with it. Yeah, I mean him. you know my thoughts on that, right? I think Nikki Haley's doing something different too and that's uniquely her brand, but I, I agree. Like anybody who's trying to be Trump light and then ask a bunch of Trump voters to vote for something other than Trump seems crazy to me. Like I just don't understand how that's a strategy. I mean, it's a strategy to become commerce secretary. Yeah, I just right? don't. I, I don't understand how anyone could consider running for president. I think the most audacious. We said it on the show. The most <laughs> yeah. audacious thing you can do in this country yeah. is say I should be behind the resolute desk, and phone it in with somebody else's message. Be like, oh, let's let's all defend the candidate and running against. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> right? I just think, like, aside from 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 being a silly thing to do, if you're going to take the biggest gamble of your life, it's like put all the fucking chips in the middle and and be authentic yeah because that's the only way you're going to win but i mean i feel like selfishly like i'd say that also because i think it's the best thing for the party like i think ultimately what you want is more people voting these primaries want more people excited to vote for the candidate in the general and you only do that when you've got a bunch of candidates in there and we have an argument about the different policy positions the different attitudinal ways that we should present the arguments that's the only way you get everybody on on board for the big win well said right i mean like I think a lot, and you've said this, Holmes, on the show many times, but like there's a self-selection process, especially to a primary, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're a pollster, and I think people in this town get this wrong, they get it so fucking wrong, is you, st- you, t- you take a primary poll and you're like, well, you know, I can't, I can't say that Donald Trump lost in 2020. I can't say that because that's going to make a lot of the voters angry. You know, that's over half the electorate still wants to cling to the fact that Donald Trump should still be president and things were unfair to him. And they were unfair to him. Yeah. That doesn't change the fact that Joe Biden's in the White it's House. It's a static right? view. And 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 so for a lot of these candidates, um, you know, they're going to look at those numbers and the pollster's going to tell them, well, you can never do that. Don't do that because you know, you're just going to give up so much. And then we can't do that. We got to convince these people that you're a better option. It's like, well, you could also inspire a lot of people who've checked out of the process to be like, all right, this guy's willing to tell me the hard facts and the truth. But mm-hmm. also, yet also, it's just the one thing that I have absolute confidence with Republican primary voters in is that they sniff bullshit so far away. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, it, whether or not you always agree with whether or not primary voters come down on the on the side of electability is another matter. But the one thing that they can definitely tell is who is totally full of shit. Right. And that, in my view, is exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I mean I, if you're running around and you're pretending as though your personal view is that Venezuelan voting machines rigged the 2020 election, I'm not going to believe a single word coming out of your mouth. Right. I'm just not going to. And I don't think most primary voters do either. Now, if you looked at a poll, would it tell you to do that? No, it wouldn't. Right. But that's a you have to cross that authentically. Right. It may not be your leading message. Right. But if you're asked that question, you need to say what you think. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you're not saying what you think, if, right. you're saying, if you hedge and you equivocate and you're like, well, you know, I don't people will sniff that bullshit out. And you get crushed. You're dead. You're, you're dead. dead. You're dead. It's the end of end of days. Right. right? And if you're not going to make the argument that you're more electable than Donald Trump, then why the hell are you running? Then in the why first are you place? running? Because he's already in. Right. S- somewhat uh, different of a subject, not getting into the substance of of uh, Ron DeSantis's announcement. What do you think of the approach of doing it instead of like at a rally or any other method of doing it on Twitter live. I I actually, so I think I've got a different view than, you know, than other people on this. I think it's clever. 
I think it's different. I think he's showing that he doesn't need to go through the, the mainstream media as mm-hmm. you traditionally do, call a reporter, work with the reporter. He's doing it on his own. And he's doing it in conjunction with someone who advocates for free speech in America, who actually bought a company to protect free speech in America. And I, I, think, I think it's interesting. I, I think it's different, and I, it's I like it. It's definitely interesting. There's no question about that. And I think we've said many times on this show that what Elon Musk decided to do with purchasing Twitter was the most patriotic thing I've seen a billionaire do in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that that's not universally recognized. But, of course, you know, there's a, a cottage industry on the left that tries to tear down anything that uh, even resembles patriotism in this country. But all that being said, I look at it from a historical standpoint that if if you are going to be president of the United States, where you started is remembered. Mm-hmm. The golden escalator was not a understated affair. Mm. It was a it was basically in the first two paragraphs of everything you read about Donald Trump for seven months as he was running for president. Mm-hmm. It was unmistakable. Right. It was exactly what he was. Is Twitter? just the new thing the new is it is it just a new thing like uh, take away the strategic importance of if you go and do a rally and there's hundreds of people and they're yelling and screaming and you're doing this then you get the six o'clock news you get abc nbc cbs you get live on all the cables and you get all of the the news pieces Mm -hmm. about it take that strategic piece away that's a pretty big piece though it's a big (laughs) piece and then consider like what do you have like eight percent of primary voters on on twitter Twitter, yeah something like that so i mean you're not reaching a huge audience but it is a statement in and of itself which i you know to your point ashbrook i actually appreciate i think that's probably right but at the end of the day it's like you have to be somewhat timeless when you're running for president because there has only been 45 46 of them right i mean these are things that transcend the moment in politics if in a hundred years twitter is like the only way that you can communicate i get it that made perfect sense but if it's a platform that is now sort of the rebellious rights way of getting around the mainstream media it just seems a little quaint i'll I'll just say this i I know you guys have have other views but i remember in 15 when he came when trump came down the golden escalator and people were like this is different than it's been done before he's not surrounded by his building and his money and and it's not going to go well for him yeah because it's different to me the ron DeSantis thing is a little bit of a gamble but i wonder if is that the different thing this cycle well you might be right attention you might be right I mean, it's certainly very different. Nobody's going to do it like that. And I think, in you know, in the end, time will tell. Um, but he's got to be thinking real big here. Mm-hmm. He's got to have a very good month. He really does. Because of the timing that they've had here, and he's been under merciless attack yeah, by I mean, Donald yeah. Trump. I mean, he's been under just besieged. Right. So, I mean, he's going to have to come out firing, which he very ma- well may do. I mean, it seems to me like he's perfectly capable of defending himself in the public square. It yeah. not, does not <clears throat> strike me as a, a shrinking violet. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, look, and, and, and look, I'm the, I'm the digital guy, so I'm never to complain about a candidate embracing social media. Um, but I do, I do worry that, like, an announcement's like your one shot to get, you, you know, that 30-second video clip that all the networks pick up 
and all the cable news outlets have to run because it's news. Yeah. And they just that's your 30 seconds to speak to a lot of people whose information flow is not Twitter, whose information flow is not, you know, the, the Fox News primetime. Right. Like a lot of people who probably don't know a lot about Ron DeSantis, they've seen other people talk about Ron DeSantis. Maybe they have a good opinion, bad opinion or indifferent opinion. But like you get like one like clean shot at this at your announcement to get 30 seconds of you to camera with a lot of people screaming behind you and say, this is the reason I'm running for president. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I don't know how that's going to translate with Twitter spaces. Like, you know, what is ABC, you know, nightly news, for example, which is like, you know, maybe they might have a political segment in there with, with three other packets and whatever, but like, it also comes after the news. Right. Right. I mean, they're going to have to do this tomorrow. Right. So right. I don't know if they just pick up the next event or is it just going to be a little bit audio or, or right? Are they going to cover a little bit of his, you know, his interview with Mark Levin or or, or, or his first uh, uh, grassroots event when he goes, you know, into Iowa or New Hampshire or whatever. But like, it just it's they it's, may and they look, they may very well have calculated that none of their voters or potential voters are watching the evening news and they don't care. And perhaps. And that is very, and very. Perhaps. And a statement, a statement from the DeSantis camp that none of this matters i'm going to go directly to the voters is a powerful message yeah that's a, i don't want to i don't want to undermine that at and all it, it fits with his brand it just seems that's like what it's, I think it's is. the one place where you could actually force the media to like actually cover you in the way you want to be yeah. covered for 30 seconds and they sort of just gave that up and maybe in balance this works more to their benefit but it just you know as someone who's watched this for a very long time it seems like it's it's gamble frankly it's a, it is a it is a gamble it, it is pay gamble. off yeah I, I think that is the strongest part of of this approach is that it gives the message that i am going to circumvent all yeah. major media outlets and honestly that's what donald trump did too totally mm-hmm. you know um when he had his twitter account that was the most powerful tool mm-hmm. ever utilized no in any campaign but i think that's also sort of a subliminal part of this i like that mm-hmm. that's I what like i'm wondering that. don't funny. you think because yeah. he's sort of like now that he's been invited back by Elon Musk, that Donald Trump has been invited back to Twitter, and he's not taking him up on that. Mm. Well, he can't right now. Yeah, because, how, does, how does that work, Michael? Yeah, well, so, this is important. Right. So he's got this SPAC uh, with True Social, mm-hmm. right? And as part of the, the deal, and he's a fiduciary, like he's got this fiduciary responsibility to this deal, which is that he has to post everything on Truth Social. Right. He, he doesn't want to go out and undermine this this new social media company that he started That's his thing. by. Yeah. yeah. By by posting it on Twitter. He wants to drag everybody to true social. I mean, like this is the oldest thing in, in you know, digital is like you want to build the audience on the thing you control. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's the reason why New York Times has a subscribe button. You <laughs> yeah. know, like that's right. that's, that's, that's it, it makes it's good business sense. But it's sort of hamstrung uh, Trump who would have a huge audience on Twitter and get a bunch bunch of reactions. Does he get out of that at any point? Or is this like in perpetuity? I think it's June first. Really? So it's quickly approaching. I think I think he can go back on on Twitter. Um, Well that'll be interesting because he did get back on Facebook. Yes, but I think they're primarily just using it to run ads. Okay. Because I mean, you know, Facebook is like the best direct response, the best way to get people's email addresses, get people to chip in five dollars. Incredibly powerful tool for Republican campaigns. And so he's obviously got to use it for that to raise, yeah, to, okay. to raise money. But but Twitter's it, like to your point, Smug, Twitter is sort of that megaphone for messaging, right, mm-hmm. for driving news yep. in a way that Facebook Facebook isn't for Trump. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the calendar in June 1st is one week from today. Mm. <laughs> 
Yeah, you never you, know. You think he'll have some things to say? We got the, <laughs> we got the best seat in the house, yeah. don't we, fellas? Hundred percent. We really do. We really do. All right, you guys want some animal stuff? Yes, always. So this has been bopping around here for a few days, and I've been dying to get to this. But most importantly, I've been dying to get Smash's view mm-hmm. here. What has happened, and this is according to the Telegraph, killer whales learn to sink yachts off Gibraltar. I'm not making this up. Yeah. Hell-bent on revenge after being hit by a boat, an orca named Gladys is now teaching others to attack, researchers believe. A vengeful killer whale called Gladys is teaching gangs of orcas to attack yachts around Gibraltar and has already struck three boats, sinking two of them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where to start here. Uh, the Variety program has done its best to warn people <laughs> about the animal menace. It's not limited to land. It's obviously, it's obviously taken to sea. And thirty years ago, at this time, we were all told free willy. Killer whales are actually good. They're actually your friends. If you stand on a rock wall, they'll jump over you, and everybody will cheer at the end of the movie. That's not how killer whales work. They will eat you. Right, and I don't care. It turns what. out R. Kelly wasn't too good either. I don't know. You know, <laughs> oh my God. I mean, wow. Go back. You watch uh, Free Willy, and, and it was a Disney you, movie. It, it was Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. R. Even worse. Kelly. Yeah. Even worse. It what was, in the? Yeah, I, it was I, Michael Jackson. It was Michael. How Jackson. do you confuse R. Kelly with well, Michael Jackson? Because they're both pedophiles. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. The estate's but, coming after you. I know. Whatever. Back. Back to the. <laughs> Back to the topic at hand, these animals will eat you. They will eat a person. Do not listen to the environmentalists who want you to believe that they're actually friendly, that this vengeful killer whale named Gladys yeah, actually... Yeah, Glad- Gladys was not glad. Gladys just wants to like do tricks for you in the ocean while you watch her from a National Geographic small boat. Get at these will eat you. And what we need, okay. I, I got a solution. Go, but go ahead, go ahead, Smart. No, I, I think what you're doing is important because <laughs> the terminology is key. Yeah. You will see oftentimes the news is trying to call these things orcas because they're, they're trying to they're hide what they are. Whales. They are killer whales. Right. Yeah. And Ashbrook doesn't, you know, he doesn't go half step on that. He calls it what it is. It's a killer whale. It's like you with illegal aliens. That's right. You got to call them what they are. They're not migrants. Don't say <laughs> migrants. Don't you say call a spade a spade. Call a spade a spade. <laughs> so so. I guess, you know, through the 70s and 80s and SeaWorld, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to do Disney adult stuff here today. I think we covered that well. <laughs> yeah. On no, it's to, if, going to SeaWorld, is not, that's not a charges event. <laughs> I mean, well, it just depends on what activities, but, but observing Shamu right. is not necessarily a charges right. event. Unless you're with Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> well, now that you mentioned <laughs> Okay. That's you mention it. But appre- appreciating wildlife and what it can do in a giant tank sure. is something that most people would like to see once in their life. Yeah. Well, and I think the Enviro's got that thing shut down a few years ago, Of right? course they did. Of course they did because the killer whale's fins curved. <laughs> and so they built up this huge Netflix documentary called Blackfish, and they said that the people were bad because they threw the frozen haddock at these <laughs> fish, and it's like... Oh, you're so terrible. Okay, what you need no, to do is release them. Look, that's not true. That is fake news. Okay. It wasn't that the people were bad. It was that 
They didn't. They didn't do enough good things. I love no. the killer whale. I think just, it's a bad whale. No, no, it's, it's a bad whale. It's that, it is. It's Thank that you. the whales are not supposed to be confined in giant fish tanks. They lose their minds and go insane. It's not that the people I, are bad. Oh, so the people are making them go crazy mm. when they're a killer whale. No, it's like these guys aren't. It's like living in solitary confinement, which dude. is where they clearly belong. I'm oh going to read God. from this. It says on May second, six of the apex predators slammed into the hull of a uh, Bavaria yacht, which was sailing in the Strait of Gibraltar near Tangier, Morocco. The hour-long attack, this is for an hour. You got a gang of six of these things. Mm -hmm. Left a Cambridge couple, Janet Morris, 58, a business consultant, and Stephen Bidwell, 58, a photographer, who were on board for a sailing course in awe. Literally trying to learn to sail, and these things were trying to murder them. Maybe they should be in solitary confinement. Maybe we should get Bart Mancuso and a fleet of Los Angeles class subs <laughs> to just take them out. I mean, what good do these actually do our planet? Do you like seals? They're gonna they're gonna eat all the seals. What <laughs> well, are we, they literally? We actually, do? I think we club. The seals are there for a club. Well, that's an that's yeah. an option too. Yeah. It's taking away recreational opportunity. <laughs> But I mean, I've seen so 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 the minis have sent us this article from multiple outlets, and the constant theme I've seen from the media is they are like, "Oh, a whale was killed," right? And so now these like benevolent creatures are seeking social justice. That's exactly it's like, dude. That is literally the way they frame this it. Is you can't make it up. You, like they're animals getting... are trying to kill people, and they're like, "Everybody, take a knee for Shamu." The matriarch is tutoring. Younger whales in the art of sinking boats, raising the prospect of future generations continuing the war on humans for years. You see, what you guys don't understand is these killer whales watched the Netflix series Blackfish, <laughs> and they were so outraged at the injustice that now they're trying to settle the score. They, I think they, yeah, they maybe had something to do with the production. Yeah, and the photographer learning how to sail, he's just, he's chopped this, liver. This oh, is, man, is, what happened to Shamu? Did they just drop him in the pond and let him swim his way? Like, is it possible that he's maybe leading the charge here? Uh, well, so in Blackfish, um, the most deranged whale is actually called Tilikum. What uh, happened to Shamu? Um, Shamu is just a um, a name that they give the whales. They're actually, I think, typically named something else. But like Shamu is like is like the I, rock star. But it's like the think, college mascot. Let yeah. me let me answer this question. Yeah. Shamu, and, uh, right. Shamu and, did Eva. not fit the narrative that Blackfish was trying to drive. So, so they, they chose they chose Tilikum. Name. I yeah, got Tilikum. Here it is. Another that's, example. That's not true. These whales get violent in captivity. They move them around like the Catholic. Priests who are touching boys, oh, because <laughs> wow, I did not see that coming. No, go watch Blackfish, dude. Like a whale will will act up, and then they sell them off to another aquarium halfway around the world. Um, it's, and it seems like and wipe, and wipe the record clean, and then he goes and kills a trainer. I mean, you got to watch that. Somehow the Straits of Gibraltar have come become a uh, yeah, papal attack here. Look, look, I'm not defending what the orcas are doing in it the wild like here it. to humans. I got a you know a tip of the cap. They did more to take down the oligarchy than <laughs> than than Occupy Wall Street did. That's for sure. Um, all I'm saying is these are very intelligent creatures, and I think them in I'm, look. I'm soft on terror. We know this. We know that. I don't. I think these these creatures have massive brains, 
and they, you want they're you emotional want, animals, and I do not think they should live in captivity. You think if we provoke them, I that think we are then that. I, I they think, have every right to see and they, our ships, and, and they did not appreciate. We're in the will. we're in the ocean. We're in their domain. We should know to stay on. So the we fucking should stay. Land. Out, we should stay out. No, of so they're they're in we our should domain. Stay out of boats. They're, they're in our Here's, domain. Maine was given dominion. They're in our domain. Okay, well, yeah. fine. Then let's kill them. I don't care if we kill them. All I'm Finally. saying is we shouldn't put them in animal prisons. He, uh, what I, is this your take? Like Ritlar? I mean, zoos are they off limits in the Duncan family? No, no, I'm saying I'm saying killer whales, and I will use the proper nomenclature. Ashbrook, I appreciate that. killer whales. When you see the fin curved over in captivity, it's ready to kill. It's a sad. It's a violent. It's, it's like just a threat. A, it's a sad thing. It's a it's sad, a threat. It's a sad. D- thing. How about dolphins? Do dolphins have a similar situation? Dolphins are rapists, and I won't defend them. Wait, wait, wait. That, that's Whoa. true. That's Jeez. true. You no, know, have you heard about this? They're they're monsters. Yeah. What? They're they, horrific creatures. They, they kill for pleasure, and they're rapists. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Ducks too. Ducks too. So the south, the soft spot here is just for the killer whale. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He likes the false eye. <laughs> but, but but I think that's a big it, fan of the false eye. It's, it's an important takeaway from Duncan is that if you see the curved fin, it's a deranged one. Yeah. These no, are the like it's, you it's know the def- ultra it's violent. A it's, it's the worst no, of the no, worst. No, no, no. It's like a rabid dog. You know not to get close. I, if you see a curved fin, it's a defeated one. It's the worst of the <laughs> and worst. That super is exactly predator. what we should strive to see in curve every every fin. Curve possible. every fin. Curve every <laughs> fin, and that's how you know they're defeated. They're not going to take out your sailboat. Some guys out in a spatter box in the middle of the ocean, and they're just walking up. They have a curved fin. He knows it's okay. <laughs> curve. Curve. Curve the fins is a good match. Curve the fins. <laughs> curve them. 60 days to curve the fins. 60 days. <laughs> all, all of the good people of Gibraltar have 60 days to curve the fins. That's all. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 60 okay. days to curve the fins. What, what is McDaniel doing with this next segment? I mean, he's, he's learned nothing from our... Uh, we can't do it. You really want to get back into it? I don't want to do this at all. On the <laughs> oh, no, boy. No, no, no. DeSantis is never going to come on the show <laughs> if we keep doing targeted Italian bigotry. Or he's, <laughs> go- he's going to come on the show and, and he's kill Smug. Smug and Ashbrook. He has to defend the Italian people. And answer for and, their crimes. And defend, <laughs> these, and defend these price hikes and pasta. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> how does anybody explain these things? How's anybody going to eat if they, they got to pay so much for spaghetti? Okay. According to CNBC, pasta prices have surged, prompting crisis meetings in Italy and calls for a strike. Okay, just on the headline alone. <laughs> When pasta prices go up, Italians begin getting violent. That's no, why. That is not. That it's is co- not. It's not causation. It's correlation. It does it's not say up. anything about them getting violent. Crisis meetings called for a strike. I've never seen a friendly union. Pa- well, pasta <laughs> prices are up seventeen and a half percent in March and sixteen and a half in April, according to Italy's Ministry of Business. So I mean, look, that's, that's something to complain about. It's like there. the Italian Minister of Business is like watching pasta prices. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, <laughs> he's like, "Mamma mia, crisis meeting, <laughs> crisis." <laughs> Jesus, pasta index soaring, crisis meeting underway. He calls in. He calls in the titans of pasta industry. Yeah, it's like too big to fail. They bring in like Chef Boyardee. Chef Boyardee's like, <laughs> "What? It's a me, Mario." <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't. This is Duncan. What are we gonna do about this? This is a real problem, a crisis on it. Oh, I know. Oh, so, so these two are gonna show right up now. on the Southern uh, Poverty Law Center. I know it's incredible, and I mean. They just feed off of each other in a way that is super unhealthy. No, it's not us. It's not us. It is the Give me some more bourbon. I need it's, more bourbon. Can yeah. someone pass okay. me that? Can I'm going to put the top get... on and you, I'll give you a, a toss. So, that, so I'm this gonna, is the only way. Oh, yeah. shit. Can, oh, oh, boy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into the article. It says right Thank here, you. according to a 2022 survey by the International Pasta Organization. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised we haven't gotten a letter from them yet. This isn't us. This is them. Yeah. It says an average Italian consumes almost 23 kilograms. That's roughly 50 pounds <laughs> worth of pasta per year. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get. That's I'll, not our stat. I, I want to know like average body weight so I can be like, what percentage of their body weight does an average Italian eat in a year? Mm. Because 50 pounds of pasta. That's almost a pound a week. That seems pretty excessive. A that's a lot of pasta. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of pasta. The, the takeaway quote here, I think, is where the money's at. Yeah, go for it. We would like to leave this day with the understanding that pasta is the solution, not the problem. Mm, it often is at the end of every day. Yeah. A little bit of red sauce and a, and a wine. Amazing. Maybe a Chianti. Mm. Um, well, speaking of fun and games, which we didn't, but we will. Oh, yeah, we got one. We've got a game today. Yeah. yeah, 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 folks. Let's play King of the Hill. Holy smokes! Okay. Um, so you're our challenger this week, Holmes. Who do you have? Mail pattern. Wow. Bring him back, Dowd. Bring him back, Dowd. Um, I think I think Dowd's actually the last time you won, right? You used Dowd. I'm not sure. I think it's I think been a little so. while. You be you, you kind of have a mind meld. I feel like you're you're Dowd's you're my good. guy. When well, I'm on a, when I'm on a, a cold streak, mm-hmm. he's my slump buster. And yeah. then we've got Duncan with the defending champion. Sherry, Sherry, my Sherry, Sherry Jacobus. All right, let's uh, go ringside. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill in the red corner, fighting from an empty campaign office in Texas. Matthew Mailpattern Dowd. And now, in the blue corner, fighting from that same snowy location near the Bolshevik Party headquarters, and current champion of the world, Kami Cherry Jacobus! Mm. Can, can I just say something real fast? Sure. At some point, since we're doing video, I think that everybody's going to understand just how much I look like Bert from the beginning of Mary Poppins with the <laughs> drum on his back and the cymbals and everything, and I'm pressing the button, trying to remember <laughs> trying to remember who's in the game. Yeah, a real, a real one-man band. You really are something. You deserve to yeah, be well, applauded. I'm, I'm doing my best, just guys. Just an, ar- an artiste. Doing my best. I'd like to, to just take the opportunity uh, to make a motion to the court. Okay. Mm. Oh, interesting. Uh, Taken, hopefully, in good faith, Mm -hmm. I'd like to make a motion for a change of venue. I feel, council feels, as though uh, Sherry Jacobus cannot get an arbitrary decision here out of uh, this particular court. And I'd like to make a motion for a change of venue. This is an outrage. This is an outrage. 
Can you believe this, Ashbrook? Wait, so, so, he's besmirching. Hold on. He's besmirching the integrity of this court. So that's not a great way uh, to start. I'm just a I'm just a small town country lawyer. <laughs> uh, as 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 prosecutor, <laughs> I must ask my counsel, where do you expect to find a venue? Well, uh, it just so happens that there is another venue, and there has been uh, one person in my view, that has provided utmost integrity to this court. Oh, wow, really? Upheld every single principle that King of the Hill has stood upon since day one, and that is the bailiff. And I believe that the bailiff can hear this court and hear this case fairly. Uh, I'm just offended by this whole thing. First, it's, it's, it's Michael Duncan erasure as judge and jury but that's fine go ahead bailiff um i i mean i am shocked usually it's the uh, you know left wing which attacks the integrity of our courts yeah and and i have not i have not attacked i have not attacked the integrity of this court i've simply asked for a venue change on these particular competitors yeah uh, sheldon whitehouse over there with like a venue change can you believe this counsel i've 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 heard your petition to move from the uh ninth circuit on the west coast to uh, the Sixth Circuit in the middle of America. That's, a, that's actually a good blast. <laughs> and I have taken it under under very serious consideration. And in what capacity? You're bailiff. This doesn't make yeah, any this sense. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the bailiff, the bailiff is making a ruling, can Michael. I, can I further say how ridiculous it is that the bailiff doesn't even know the Ninth Circuit's been flipped? <laughs> bailiff, the bailiff has integrity. I've taken the petition <laughs> under advisement, and my only question is uh, from oppos- to opposing counsel. Uh, this is something that would be uh, receive stronger consideration if opposing counsel. So wait, also so the, so, a, so the guy who benefits from the current venue has the vote on whether we change venues. The Sixth Circuit, unlike the Ninth, is focused entirely on fairness. <laughs> And fairness means something to both sides. Well, I feel like this is this is a democratic institution, and I feel like there is a, a vote uh, that I'd be perfectly comfortable with. Well, I think where we know where you're going to come on side <laughs> on that one, and it sounds like we know where the bailiff would like things directed. But since he threw it my direction, um, as opposing counsel. Sherry's been a winner here a couple of times. I want a fair process. I think that's important. Uh, I would hate for a result to be thrown out on appeal on a claim of a, a, a corrupt venue. Well, that is exactly right because you'd know that an appeal would be coming after such a emotion. Unbelievable. You can't beat me and so we're changing venue. But I'll accept it. I'll oh. accept it. <laughs> What and I can't, and I can't, I can't help but think that this is uh, in no small part because of you being stripped of the robes earlier this month. Yeah, this, this, is, this is such an outrage. This is like an Alvin Bragg court at this point. But let's get. The, the, go ahead. Can we quiet the bailiff? Yeah, the, <laughs> new bailiff comfortably smug. The, the petition. Uh, uh, the pa- petition pa- has the been bourbon. granted. If, if I don't have to be a part of this, I'm hell yeah. Myself. Now we're talking. The petition has been granted, and the bailiff will be respected. All right. <laughs> Kangaroo Court is now in order. <laughs> bailiff. The bailiff. Oh, 
Well, yeah, let's pour a little something. Let's get let's get a little something because right. this is now this is this is going in a direction I fully anticipated being rejected, uh, but now that I have uh, had common sense prevail here in this courtroom. Yeah, well, this court has no standing, this kangaroo court. But <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try to enjoy myself. How dare how dare you undermine justice here under the ruthless variety program, bailiff? I will not award you the requisite OT. If- <laughs> You speak up again. <laughs> if, it, if it pleases the court, I wouldn't have mind having the bailiff removed entirely. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, as defending champion, I have to go first. Yeah. Uh, Smug is just stunned. He's, <laughs> he's, just, he's just sitting here stunned. <laughs> removed. <sighs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just want to say to all patriots, all your problems are here in the court. It's time to take it back. Oh, oh, for it. Well, we this is what to... happens when you take away people's sacred right to a fair court. We, I don't know. we wouldn't have these problems if Smug had the courage to do the right thing. I... I... I don't know what I'm, if I'm if I'm supposed to call you judge or bailiff in this interregnum period, but no, it's it's, uh, it's counsel, now official counsel. Please address him with the dignity he has been afforded. Okay, all right, judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to go first here. I, I think you're going to like this one, Sherry Jacobus. CN, okay, first of all, let me read. It's a quote tweet. The mm-hmm. the, the the first underlying tweet here um, is about about CNN. You know, quote, we need to show both sides of every issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they're making fun of it. You don't really know, need to know the specifics, but but basically. The quote tweet here from Sherry Jacobus. CNN, be all like. Be, CNN, be all like, first of all. I don't know what sort of English I mean, that she's is. not the brightest bulb in the world. We've yeah. established, the court is well established. C- CNN, be all like, quote, are white people superior to black people? Should Hitler have been, My, have killed Jews? God. Is the Second Amendment for war-grade war weapons worth of a few thousand slaughtered kids? Is rape okay if 34% of you like the rapist? Is it okay if your guy leads an insurrection? Next, with Jake Tapper. Oh. Oh. And, um, and for... Um, for the judge, Sherry retweeted herself. <laughs> Best of luck with the new venue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I just <laughs> Good God. Um. Okay, I got to make some strategic decisions here. I, I need to read, shuffle the deck a little bit. Uh, just throw the round. Uh, when a party has no economic plan, you launch a culture war. When a party has no health care plan, you launch a culture war. When your party can't win in a multicultural democracy, you attack voting rights and democracy. When your party has no moral compass, you elevate corrupt people. Mm. 
Well, the Dowd play is obviously a very strong one um, for a variety of reasons, uh, particularly given Matt Dowd's position in the Republican Party for quite some time. One of the top operatives, <laughs> servant to the President of the United States, yeah. and then just mere years later attacking every Republican he can find, um, all for the sake of a contract on the broadcast networks. <laughs> right. However... Rape, Holocaust, race, thrown into a quote tweet of yourself <laughs> is something that I don't think anybody could ever come back from. And I'm confident that my uh, fellow jurists and other jurisdictions would agree with me that Cherry Jacobus wins the first Let's round. Let's go. Justice in another venue. Whew. I didn't see a Hitler tweet Ooh. coming. That 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 is in any venue. A I very thought yours difficult. was better. You you made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bailiff. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad we have video now, so everyone can see Smug stewing. <laughs> I'm um, a simple man. I stand up for justice and law and order. Yeah. And for that, I'm punished. <laughs> <laughs> for that, I'm punished. And do the right thing. All right. So this one, we're going to take a little different tact, but I love it. I just mm. love it because mm. I think it's just perfect encapsulation. So you know Dowd, when he, he does a bunch of like quotations of poets that died 300 years ago. And then it occasionally like historical landmarks that he then links to why it is that we need to fight for progressive causes mm -hmm. essentially mm -hmm. and this is like a new favorite genre for me with this dude <clears throat> on this day in 1927 was the bath school disaster where an <laughs> ultra right-wing man killed 38 elementary school children and six adults with bombs in bath michigan we must honor their loss by fighting against hate and violence today so why is this funny? I did a fair amount of research to try to find where this homicidal maniac could have been aligned politically. There is not a single, I mean not one, bit of evidence anywhere on the internet that this man was right-wing, a Republican, or anything else other than a homicidal Mania. Did, did, did they say what year this happened? 1927. The FBI wasn't involved yet in implicating. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, Conservatives. They didn't, they, didn't lay it, they didn't lay it at their feet yet. Uh, but I, so I really looked because I was like, you know, I, I, I've heard of this and it was an absolute unbelievable tragedy. Uh, and it goes to show that there's been things like this for a long time. And it sounds like an insane person did a terrible thing. And if you look back, he's got, I mean, this is a crazy, insane person who did run for office and was ultimately defeated in a nonpartisan election. And his defeat, amongst other, other things that happened to his life, uh, it, it made him crazy. And he bombed a school. Jesus. But so this dude, though, being characterized by Matt Dowd as an ultra right wing man and then using it to say f hate and violence, implying that there is a 
right-wing hate and violence that is somehow tied to this homicidal maniac back in 1927 is beyond. It gonna, is beyond. Are we going to have order in the court, or are we going to have a, a soliloquy? I'd like you to here? pipe down, counsel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's making an important point. It's it's completely sick that people try to put political ideology and, and, and try to gain cred among their own political tribe off the murder of children, which had nothing to do with politics. Counsel is free Thank to... Thank you, bailiff. Counsel is free to present his own case. Okay. Choices, choices. Okay. Um, Sherry Jacobus is, is... She's commenting on um, the idea that if you could get a couple of people in the Republican Party, a few percentage points to vote... Um, you know, against Trump in the primary that could ultimately swing. Is this a tweet or a speech? A general election. <laughs> bailiff. Thank you, Bailiff. Bailiff, please. Why are, are you... Are we hearing a speech? Hey, Smug. Bailiff. Smug, why are you on the side of, are, the, of, are, are the, we, of the guy who dethroned you? Listen, the Bailiff, like Holmes, it was, wasn't dethroned. What it was is simply a venue we, change. We, I respect the Bailiff hey, and yeah. I respect his opinions. Okay. The Bailiff, make sure we play the game. You're, you're giving some speech. Can we get to the tweet? He is he is simply restoring order to the court, which is what a bailiff does. Okay. So I do. Okay. Well, that's what she's pointing out, right? <laughs> she quote tweets her own tweet. And here it is. Manafort giving Kalimnik internal poll data laid the foundation. Then on election night, ABC's Chris Vlasto giving Trump camp this is in all caps. Secret exit poll data. Why polls were still open showed Putin where to quote find those seventy-seven thousand votes for Trump. Rove says, if when what is he saying? If if within three percent you can cheat undetected. That's her tweet. So she is saying, <laughs> mind you. This is an election. Seven, Did that make sense to anyone? Seven years ago. Was it just like a nonsense tweet or just Duncan read it crazy? I no, no, she's a, she's a lunatic. It. Can I explain it, though? Please. Bailiff, quiet. Uh, what can, we, can we use the words that she's said instead of the words That's that That's what said? I'm asking for. Simple ask. That's uh, you objecting to the his I'd description. Like, well, I, what I would like is for the word. Why is he that, getting to talk while I'm reading my tweet? Be, because I did I, not interrupt him the entire time during his soliloquy. Can, is there order in the court please. here at all? Order Let's, in the court, Duncan. Yeah, you've had ten minutes Absolutely. to read a tweet. I think. I think what's happening. Can here, my objection be heard? Is, guys, is, guys, 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 bailiff, please order in the court. Michael, make your case. Um, what she's saying here, and this is one of the earliest. Uh, uh, falsehoods of of RussiaGate was that somehow the Trump campaign, which spent a billion dollars on advertising and polling and grassroots in their campaign, what they really needed was $100,000 spent by the Russians on Facebook to tilt the election in their advantage. And what she's additionally suggesting here is that somehow the Trump campaign had secret exit polling data, like at like 7 p.m. Eastern time, and that allowed them Putin Putin to manufacture votes, I assume, on the West Coast when polls were still open that swung the election. What she is saying is that seven years later, she doesn't just believe Russiagate. She doesn't just believe that the Trump campaign did underhanded things. She believes Putin literally made votes up 
for Donald Trump and that you would need polling somehow, somehow, I don't know how that logically follows, it's underpants gnomes, that you would have to have the polling to know where to put the fake votes. Okay. How fucking deranged is that? Okay. Counsel. It'd be great if that's what she said. That is what she said. Can I tell you again what she said? One Manafort gave Kalimnik internal poll data, laid the foundation. Then on election night, ABC's Chris Vlasto giving Trump camp quote, secret exit poll data while polls were still open, showed Putin where to, quote, find those 77,000 votes. She's saying it very directly. She's saying Putin came up with 77,000 votes because the Trump camp got an exit poll, as if that's how elections work, that you could just have manufacture 77,000 votes because people said they voted for Trump in exit polls. That's not how any of this works. She's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> Thank you. Counsel, thank you very I much. I love thank that you. Chris Vlasto, whoever he is, is catching yeah. strays. <laughs> yeah, right. Makes thank no you. sense. Thank you. Thank you for your submission. And what I'll say is something that I think that both of you are aware of, that um, in order to win in this game on a round-by-round -round basis, you not only need to present something that is uh, that stands out, but is also unique in its own way. Mm. And... Kami Cherry Jacobus, as <laughs> she's referred to um, routinely, um, often tweets things that uh, are unintelligible. And what she didn't do in this case is saddle an entire political party with the murders of someone <laughs> nobody's ever heard of. And for that reason, Matthew Dowd wins second round. Okay, I appreciate that. And I also feel I was going to throw in an objection about how the well-trodden Russiagate situation. Yeah. But, you know, it. listen, the right decision's the right decision. I'd like it. Oh, you like the decisions you win? Yeah, no, I, right no, no objection. No, exactly. No objection. No, exactly. Anymore. That's exactly right. right. Council has hit the nail on the head, as really, they say. Really hard to get my cadence with constant objections. Um, okay, round three. Okay. Cherry. Well, since we're talking about deaths and everything, let's talk about this. Here's from the New York Post, which she's quote tweeting. The New York Post says New York City lost 5.3% of its population, nearly half a million people since COVID, with most heading to the South. Sherry Jacobus, I mean, this is one of the most tone deaf, deaf things you could possibly imagine, quote tweets it and says, good, more apartments for me if slash when I move back. <laughs> you had, had 100,000 people in New York City die from COVID and she's like, boy, oh boy. She's like that meme of the guy behind the tree in the in the yellow blazer <laughs> rubbing her hands like a oh boy, oh boy, I can get a spot in Midtown again. All right. Unbelievable. Thank, thank you, counsel. <laughs> Wait, oh, oh, you're just going to cut me off. Well, no, it was moving, moving All right, along. The, the whole thing. Yeah, right. presented it's just rigged. You, this whole thing's rigged. Bailiff, bailiff. Smug, you should still be judged. Bailiff. The, <laughs> this is outrageous. He's out of order. It, thank, it, you. thank you. Thank yeah. you, bailiff. Thank you. Um, God, it's just a it's just a well-rounded law and order machine see. here. It's sad to see. It is. I, I apologize for my counsel's uh, behavior. Mm -hmm. um, I love this for so many reasons because it fuses together just a many, many things. You know how they just hate CNN because they had Trump on? Mm -hmm. and this is like a common left-wing lunatic deal. Chris Licht is the Matt Patricia of the news. Licht 
like Patricia, had limited success in a prior career as not the person in charge, but then was hired to run a franchise. And in a short amount of time, ruined the franchise. Licht is doing to CNN what Patricia did to the Lions. Oh, we've never heard attacks on Licht. If we're talking about original tweets. No, but the no. Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, oh. dude. So, so just a couple of, uh, if I may, just a couple the of. The Detroit Lions used to be great. But <laughs> to manage In the last 23 years. The Detroit Lions winning percentage is 336. <laughs> Matt Patricia's is 314. <laughs> it's the same franchise. I just, it makes no sense. It's the exact same franchise. They haven't won a playoff game since 1992. Somehow this dude who coached two years for the Detroit Lions is the guy who sunk the whole thing. And mm, by the way, no. CNN, the, the, the absolute depths of sinking under Zucker has now like had some form of actual news and that's Are the you problem. Are you interrupt okay. him at some point so or does he just I, get to I keep do, talking? Excuse me. Also, counsel. can we just say did Bailiff. justice Bailiff. for Barry Sanders? He Bailiff. didn't deserve that. Justice for Barry. Justice for Calvin Johnson. <laughs> right. Unbelievable. Megatron. <laughs> All right. Let's just get to the rigged decision. Wow. Oh. Oh my Unplug his mic, My Judge. God. Wow. Bailiff, do something. Wow. This is outrageous. Okay. Comparison to the to the Detroit Lions is, is a very, very low blow. <laughs> and Matthew Mailpanner down suggesting that he is an NFL fan is dishonest, to say the least. <laughs> However, praising the death... <laughs> of thousands of people in your home city because you think you can get a, a spare room is the lowest of low. It's and a fair judge for that reason. <laughs> wow. Unbelievably does it full 180. For that reason, Kami Cherry Jacobus wins round three. Your Honor, I'd like to request a venue change. <laughs> How'd that venue change work out? How'd look, that venue change Hey, look out? me in the eye. Uh, this yeah. is an outrage. Yeah, yeah. Matt Patricia's been smeared. Uh, Chris Licht has been smeared. Still on top. A crazy lady is still crazy. Still on top. This is outrageous. Bailiff, Bail- Bail- I, I will just compliment you. Uh, you ran the courtroom with law and order as one uh, should and can respect. Well, I, I mean, you know what? Uh, this is just like New York City and a number of left-wing nightmare towns. You get what you voted for, and I think you got that today. <laughs> <laughs> what a game what fellas a game. i think we did it what a game what an episode thank you so much to the minions absolute banger so until next time minions keep the faith hold the line and own the lives we'll see you next time stay ruthless <laughs>